0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Blue Jays from Away podcast, episode 74. On today's episode, we're joined by Griffin Conine and Cree Finfrock of the Lansing Lugnuts. Welcome back to the Blue Jays From Away podcast. We're brought to you by the 2019 Toronto Blue Jays Minor League Handbook and the premium content section of Blue Jays From Away. This year's edition features over 250 profiles of players in the Toronto Blue Jays organization, while giving you all of the info you need to follow the Blue Jays Minor Leaguers in action. The premium content section has photos, video, and scouting reports to supplement the profiles. The 2019 Toronto Blue Jays Minor League Handbook, and the Blue Jays From Away Premium Content section. We've got you covered. They're now available at the Blue Jays From Away shop and at Amazon in formats for Kindle and in print. <laughs> Welcome back to the Blue Jays from Away podcast. I'm joined by Griffin Conine, right fielder for the Lansing Lugnuts. Welcome to the podcast, Griffin. Good to be here. So, Griffin, you're having a, a pretty fantastic start to your year. Um, you're hitting over 300. You're among the club leaders in home runs. You know, how do you explain the readiness, particularly since you got a late start to your season?
1: Um, I think just you know the work I put in um, while I was at the complex, you know, spring training and leading into extended. Um, it had a, I had a long time there to just uh, every day kind of build off exactly what I needed, and, you know, and uh, the the organization was really um, awesome about, you know, just kind of making it personalized to me and not just like kind of going through the motions. So, so uh, I made a plan early on um, and extended about, you know, what my goals were and, uh, you know, how I wanted to approach working on my swing and and they helped me as much as they could with that. And uh, I just left um, to come here feeling really good about where my swing was at and just been taking that taking that forward.
0: And how would you compare where your swing is at now to where it was last year when you played for Vancouver?
1: Oh, night and day, I think. I think uh, I, the biggest thing that I changed was just um, shortening up as much as I could. You know, I realized I was uh, my swing had gotten so long. You know, I always had a long swing in college. Um, and then uh, it had just gotten to the point where it was getting too long to – to be able to put fastballs um, that had good velo in play consistently, so um, just short, making um, the swing path more efficient um, was something I worked on a lot. So uh, that was probably the biggest, the biggest change.
0: So would you say that you're saying that your swing was getting long in college? Was it something that you could kind of get away with, um, a using aluminum mats, and b um, facing, I guess, not as consistent competition?
1: Yeah, I think a combination of the two, and um, I think just like the way that pitchers come at you are, is definitely in pro ball, um, and you definitely see uh, a consistently higher fastball velocities. Um, so I think that that was probably the biggest uh, change, you know, going even in Vancouver and, and you know, a short season team. We saw a lot of a lot of good arms that kind of exposed me, and uh, and my swing path was becoming inefficient um, to to be able to compete every day. So uh, definitely uh, cutting some length out of that was big.
0: So where does the, the uh, sort of the idea to, to make changes come from? Is that coming from you? Is it coming from the organization?
1: Um, it's a little of both. I think, you know, they, they definitely, uh, you know, we, we go over the meeting at the, at the end of every season and go over kind of like how it went and uh, what, what we need to improve on in the offseason. And um, what they showed, showed to me with all the uh, analytics that they had done was like um, fastball production, um, you know, which is what I mentioned. And, and I knew that going into that uh, my, my ability to put fastballs in play hard uh, wasn't something that I was happy with uh, in my first season. So um, they, they, they kind of gave that information to me and then I took that in and, and kind of asked myself why that was happening and, and why I wasn't being able, to, being able to put those in play hard consistently. So um, it was, it was kind of both. They, they pointed out the issue to me and then I was able to kind of go with that and um, figure out the reason why behind it.
0: Now, I know you've only been in this organization a couple of years, but really implementing the analytics and the uh, the TrackMan data and the, uh, I can't even remember what the name of the, the system is they use for batted balls. And, um, you know, how do you think you and your teammates and other guys in the organization that you've worked with, how are they sort of adapting to the amount of information that's now available to them?
1: I think we, we do a great job as an organization of, of using everything that's out there now, because I think it's... Uh, the game's gone so far towards that way now. nowadays um, where you see seeing, you know, they have stat casts on every, every single ball that's hit in MLB. And um, all these minor league parks have TrackMan now, which is awesome, because you get to you get to see, um, you know, pitch locations after the game. We get reports on uh, um, where pitches were landing in the zone, you know, ones that we swung at, ones that we might have not. Um, and I think we do a great job of, of the importance of, of knowing that information and, and how we can use that to, you know, make ourselves better.
0: Now – you, your home run production has, has spiked a lot this year. Obviously, you guys aren't using the sort of jumpier balls, we'll call them, that they're using up in AAA. How would you explain sort of your increase in home run production?
1: Um, it, it goes right along with, uh, you know, what what I worked on in the offseason and, and extended of just um, being able to, to put um, those fastballs in play more consistently and off-speed as well. It's just because um, I know that um, if I can – the, the biggest problem in my game is swing and miss, um, and that was something that I saw a lot more of in Vancouver. Um, just being able to, and even balls I put in play, I wasn't hitting them on the barrel, and I think that was the issue. Um, you know, I was getting jammed or it, bad barrel control. So I think the biggest thing has just been um, maximizing the balls I put in play, you know, wh- where they're going. Because I still, I know the strikeout numbers are still really high, a lot higher than I would want, um, but I am happy with the fact that when I put it in play, it's usually, you know, it's hit really
0: hard. And, you know, what are you working on going forward now that you've sort of been able to see the results of the changes you've made? What's sort of the next level of uh, tweaks that you think you need to make?
1: Um, the strikeouts are, are huge. You know, I think, um, you know, the, I looked recently in the uh, batting average on balls in play was um, around 430 or 440 for this season, um, which, is, which is good and bad because... Um, that just means that you know I'm not putting as many balls in play as I want to, um, and I think good thing happen. Good things happen when you put the ball in play, and I know the game's going towards um, a version of it where we're more acceptable to striking out, and um, and I'm okay with it to an extent. But uh, I, I think the, where I'm at percentage wise right now is, is alarming, and um, that just goes along with uh, you know having an inefficient swing path, which I'm happy with, but also just um, swinging a good pitches. You know, pitch selection, I think. Sometimes I try to do too much with the power and, and try to create things that when I don't need to. So I think that's uh, it's just an issue to work on going forward.
0: Now, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you about the suspension. You, you missed 50 games this year. What can you tell our listeners about that chapter in your pro career so far?
1: Um, har- hardest thing ever had to go through in, in baseball, for sure. You know I never uh, had any adversity, really, you know, other than um, start off my junior year really bad um, before the draft. Um, so it was, it was hard. But at the same time, you know, I th- I don't think I'd be having the season I am right now if it didn't happen. Just because um, I had to take a step back and kind of reevaluate uh, my life and my goals and kind of where I wanted to go from there. And um, the biggest thing that I could do with it was just get as much as I could out of it, you know, and, and make sure I come back um, to whatever team I got sent to and, and impact them as much as I could right away. So I think I did a good job of that, and I'm happy with how I've done. And uh, happy with how I dealt with it, you know, and, and it's in the past now. And um, I think I'm, I'm better because of it.
0: And the other thing that I'm sure you are always getting asked about is your dad. And, uh, you know, what I want to know is, you know, what part of the fact that he was a longtime major leaguer, um, you know, you probably grew up with some sense of being a pro ball player. What's different about, you know, making it on your own, being in the minor leagues going through the grind that, you know, he probably talked about, but you never probably uh, really understood what it was like. So what's different about that than what you might have heard of?
1: Probably the it's, – it's pretty similar, I'd say. You know, he, he hit the nail on the head. It was just um, – the way he talked about it was just uh, minor league is a grind. You know, I knew that going in as well just from summer ball and, you know, everything that I've heard about it. Um, and the probably the most important thing that he said was just uh, – not concerning yourself with how other people at your position are doing that might be ahead of you, um, and not trying to outplay people, you know, that might be on other teams, because um, you, gotta, you gotta control what you can control, you know, and you can control how well you play and, and how hard you work, but you can't control, you know, what the organization wants to do with other players, so that's probably the, the biggest thing I've taken to heart from anything he told me about his time in the minor leagues, and um, just, you know, work as hard as you can, and play as well as you can, and and don't concern yourself with anything else that's going on.
0: So going back to something you said a little bit earlier, you were talking about having your goals for this year, um, you know, going with what you just said, would that mean that you're not worried about, you know, promotions or playing where you play your, your goals are less about that and more about things that you can control?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, there's no point, um, playing for a promotion just because, um, who knows what, you know, the organization, what they're doing, um, what they want to do. You know, I, I, I don't know their plans, and, and honestly, it doesn't make a huge difference to me because obviously you want to be moved up and um, as fast as you can. You Everyone wants to make it to the big leagues, but uh, at the same time, the level I'm at right now is challenging enough, and um, I'm playing well, but uh, there's definitely a lot of things I still need to work on. Um, so whether I work on them in this league or a different league, um, that doesn't concern me. Just uh, going out and having good at-bats every night and, and just trying to grow and get closer to my goals every day.
0: All right, let's change the subject a little bit. I wanna ask you about some of your teammates. Which one of your teammates, or you can name a couple if you want, who do you think you look at and you say, that guy's got it?
1: Um, I gotta say, uh, Moreno, uh, Gabriel Moreno. He's a um, catcher, born in 2000, which is so absurd to me because that's my—that's all my brother is and he just graduated high school. Um, and he's just, uh, we they put the strikeouts up on on the board in Cedar Rapids when we were playing, and, and I think he has the same amount of at bats as me, roughly. because He got up here late too, um, and he had I think sixteen or seventeen. And and he's like a power guy. He's got seven or eight homers, um, and just I think his ability to put the ball in play. You know, that's that's what I want. You know, that's what I want to be able to do. And obviously, as a power guy, you you, you forfeit some of that sometimes. But um, he's I like to watch him hit. He, he he's really good at, at working counts and. Um, making contact on pitches that you probably shouldn't be able to make contact with, and hitting balls hard, and he's so young too.
0: Is there something that you can you know, learn from a guy like that?
1: I want to say yes, but um, a lot of it's just kind of God-given. His ability, like you know, he just uh, his ability to make contact is. I wish I had that um, that ability because uh, I think I'd be a lot better off. But um, you know, I, I work with what I have, and I definitely can take. Um, can learn from kind of how how he works counts when he has two strikes um, but um, at the same time you know some he's just uh, really good at it
0: all right now which one of your teammates is the hardest worker
1: hardest worker um, it's a tough one too uh, I'd probably say uh, John Iowa just because uh, he's an ACC guy like me and um, just based on uh, commitment to like working out, in season, which is hard to do, um, and I'm like him in the same way that I like to, because um, some guys, you know, and it's it's different for everyone, some guys don't like to work as hard uh, in the weight room, because it's hard to do in season, and um, especially you don't want to risk um, getting hurt in there, um, but he, he, he works hard and uh, gets after it in the weight room, um, and we like to get after it together sometimes, so um, I'd say probably as far as um, taking care of the body and, and eating healthy and um, doing whatever you can to in the weight room during the season that's he's probably the best at it
0: all right my last question tell us a little bit more about what you like to do in your downtime in the off season you know what's your what's your idea of a good time
1: um love i love music going to concerts you know i got to got to see a couple concerts um last year in the off season um, a couple country concerts really anything um i like i like uh kind of like electronic music too so i'm into it all so I, i like um like going to concerts when I can when I'm when I have the time Um, and uh, kinda any other any other sport sporting events love to watch Um, I love to play basketball ping-pong that kind of stuff just hanging out with guys
0: all right well thanks very much for your time that's Griffin Conine of the Lansing Lugnuts Thank thank you Welcome back to the podcast. I'm joined by Kree Finfrock, a relief pitcher for the Lansing Lugnuts, the team leader in saves. Welcome to the podcast.
2: Oh, Thank you for having me.
0: So let's talk about that wonderful statistic, the save. You're leading, you're leading the team in that category. What does it mean for you when you come into a late game and it's close?
2: Um, it just has uh, an elevated kind of pressure. Um, uh, Dallas and, uh, and Tony put their trust in me and I just go out there and did the best I can to uh, keep the lead and secure the win
0: now when you're on the mound what's your mentality or do you like to challenge hitters go right after them or do you like to just try to you know, make them go for your pitch uh, may not be right in the strike zone but you're just trying to get them to swing
2: yeah my main focus is just kind of pounding my fastball is getting ahead and then whatever the uh, at bat dictates and I go with the fastball if it's a guy I just can't can't see a slider, I'll throw a slider. Just kind of whatever um, the batter kind of steers me towards.
0: What do you see in the game? Like, how much time do you spend watching the game? What do you see in the game that will help you when you come out of the bullpen and, you know, maybe the game's on the line?
2: I mean, there's never a point that we're actually down there not paying attention. We're always watching uh, every at-bat, watching what our other pitchers are doing to succeed or, or fail in that aspect. Uh we're always looking for something that can help ourselves and help the team ultimately win the game.
0: Do you ever get to the point where you're thinking, maybe it's late in the game, 6th, 7th inning, and you think, maybe I might have to face these three guys coming up in another couple of innings. Do you, do you sort of tune in even more to see how things are going?
2: Um, not, any, not any more than I normally do. I just kind of go in there and attack every hitter as I would anybody else. I don't treat anybody differently. I just attack them with my strengths and go from there.
0: So this is your first full year in, in professional baseball. How are you enjoying it? You know, it's a very different sort of grind than college ball, um, a, a bit sort of more spread out, a longer term. You know, how do you think you're dealing with it now that we're in July, it's very hot outside, maybe saps some strength from you when you're, when you're really, uh, you know, trying to feel fresh. Um, you know, what's the grind like? What's the difference? You know, how are you feeling?
2: I mean, the main part that I have found that helps me the best is uh, just recovery. After each game, you're getting the water and getting your uh, protein shakes, getting all your meals in. Um, Sleep is essential, making sure you're getting plenty of that. Um, Like you said, it's a long season. You're just doing everything you can to prepare your body for the next day.
0: And, you know, what is it that you do specifically? You know, you you go out there and you pitch. You throw your 15, 20, hopefully not more than that, pitches. you know what do you have to do to get yourself ready to come out maybe the next day even?
2: Um, like I said before, it's just the recovery coming in, doing your arm care stuff. Uh, in college, I learned the hard way with uh, shoulder surgery. You have to take uh, take arm care and uh, just. I I think that's one of the most important things along. this like weightlifting, sleep, uh, nutrition. It's everything is uh, key to your success.
0: So when you, when you try to take care of your arm, you know, obviously you said you had shoulder surgery in college. Um, does that make you even more aware? Is that something where you're always thinking about, okay, something may be fun to do, but I got to stay focused. I got to, you know, make sure that my arm's number one.
2: Yeah, it was one thing in college I had that I, uh, like I said, when I had the surgery, it gave me an entire year to think about what I wanted to do. And how I wanted to do it, I kind of came up with a plan for each and every day. I wanted to um, get better every day. It sounds cliche, but you want to strive for something each and every day, uh, arm care being one of them. You just try to push yourself uh, further and further every time. What was it like coming back
0: after the arm surgery? Um, you know, you, you've been off for a year, and you, I don't know, if, I don't you know recall if you played you know, uh, fall ball that year. But what was it like when you got back into the spring and into competition again were you able to trust yourself right away or were you still a little hesitant or was it like a mental process to get yourself back to where you were confident
2: uh, I was never hesitant I trusted my rehab process I knew the work that I put in was uh, set me up for success I just kind of went in there and um, tried to restart where I uh, where I left off I had uh, um, 16 to 18 months off, so I had a long time. It was just, uh, first game back, you have the jitters, and you have just the nervousness of uh, um, of your first game, basically. it's a, it, was a, it was a long road, but it was something that I was ready for.
0: So when you were drafted by the Blue Jays, what was your reaction? Had you had any contact with the Jays beforehand? Were you... Um, surprised because I know sometimes it happens both ways where they sort of had an idea somebody tips them off in the organization but I've heard other cases where they had no idea and they said oh okay Blue Jays
2: I had a couple previous contacts with uh, Matt O'Brien the uh, my area scout, um, talked to him a few times earlier in the day um, wasn't exactly sure when it was going to happen if it was going to happen it was just kind of a a waiting game and I was lucky enough to have my name called in the 29th round and. Uh, Gave my gave myself an opportunity to uh, uh, achieve my dream, of playing pro ball.
0: Now, where were you sent um, after signing?
2: After signing, I was sent to up to uh, Bluefield, um, played the entire season there, and um, that led into the off season. Long off season, um, spring training was uh, an extended spring training for uh, right about a month. Then got uh, shipped up here and been here since.
0: And when did you sort of? move into that closer role because I know you know especially when a guy goes to a new team and I've we've seen it this year where a guy may be closing at one level and he moves up a level and then he's sort of shifted down the the bullpen chart because they've already got a guy there you know how did you find yourself in that closers role uh, after you had arrived in Lansing
2: Uh, I guess I wouldn't even say it was just kind of like uh, it was never like oh you're the closer it was just kind of I came in I pitched Two innings. Uh, I think I set up uh, Jackson Reese a couple times. Um, I think it's just kind of how the cards played out. I just pitched, and it just kind of just seemed that was, my days would fall forward. There'd be a closing opportunity, and I'd be in the game. And I guess they've uh, uh, grown to trust me over the over the time. So. All
0: right. Now, what can you tell me about what kind of a pitcher are you? Like, what do you what do you got? Tell me what your pitches are. What you like to do with them.
2: Yeah, like I said, I pound the zone with the fastball. I uh, kind of changed the grip a little bit over the off season. I just shifted my fingers a little bit uh, onto the seams to try to get a little more uh, spin. And um, from there, I have a sinker that I throw pretty consistently with the four seam as well. Um, Slider, curveball, changeup. It just can't exactly say when I use them because it just depends on how the back goes. But. That's my repertoire. Alright,
0: all right. now one more question. I like to ask about catchers because when it, you know many, many years ago that's what I played. So what catcher do you like to work with the most? Who's who's the guy who you feel just the most comfortable with behind the play?
2: All of our guys up here have done a great job. I don't have a specific guy that I like to throw to. They all have caught me and and uh, yeah, they're all awesome behind the play. They they know how everybody pitches, they know exactly how to attack the hitters, so they're all fun to catch or fun to play catch with.
0: All right, and Who's the funniest guy in the bullpen?
2: Funniest guy in the bullpen? I would have to say Marcus. Marcus Reyes.
0: All right. Also, one of the lefties out there. So, you know, they're, they're looking at the world from a different way.
2: Yeah. yeah, I guess that's what you want to say.
0: All right. Well, thanks a lot, Cree. And wish you the, uh, wish you the best over the rest of the
2: season. Thank you for having me.
0: That's all for episode number 74 of the Blue Jays from Away podcast. I'd like to thank Griffin Conine and Cree Finfrock for joining us. And thank you for listening. Come on back soon and go Jays go.